In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He was, is, and always shall be. I saw recently another report about how and why people are leaving the church. Now, this was uh, an article that was written not from the perspective of Eastern Orthodox Christianity, but all religious confessions of faith, Christian and otherwise. And in this report, and I've seen these before, I'm sure you have as well, in this report they went through and the, uh, the author of this article gave his view and his opinion as to why. Some, of course, apply in every case and in every house of worship. But one thing that I didn't see here that I believe firmly is one of, if not one of the most significant reasons we can find in today's gospel passage. Today we begin the next in our cycle of worship, our liturgical worship with the gospel passages from Luke. So we will begin today and go all the way up until uh, the Nativity Fast in December with gospel passages from Luke. And Luke, as we know, or we should know, and that's going to be something uh, that is central to my words today, we should know, is that Luke speaks from and wrote from a different perspective than Matthew did or Mark or even John. Luke was a Gentile. Luke was a physician. Luke was more historical in the way he presented his gospel. And also, as we know, he wrote the book of Acts. And even in the, the uh, fifth Eothenon, or fifth Matin's gospel reading this morning, we heard about the two disciples, the two men, who were walking toward Emmaus, Emmaus, and were joined with someone they did not recognize initially, but ultimately, as we know from the gospel passage, was the Lord. And we know that they recognized him once he broke bread with them, once he, and in Greek, the very same words that are used are, this, are the words that we use in the words of institution to express the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So he gave himself to them. He revealed himself through the breaking of bread as he reveals himself to each and every one of us when we receive his body and his blood. So in Luke, we, we hear this well-known passage today about the call of the disciples. Now, I know also this will go with the Sunday school, adult Sunday school class today. I know Forrest is around here somewhere, I'm sure, but uh, he spoke about this Wednesday night, and he'll speak about this today, who the apostles were. Name the apostles. And then 
and then others that were around them. But before they were apostles, the Greek word for that is apostolos, which means the one who was sent forth. Before they were apostles, they were they were disciples. They were disciples. And what is a disciple? Again, in Greek, mathites, we hear, is a student, one who is learning. One who is learning. And of course, the disciples were learning about the faith. Many of the disciples, as we know, were very learned in the Jewish traditions and in the Jewish faith. But the Lord revealed to them the fullness of it. They didn't have the fullness of it because they were under the law. They were following the law, but they were under the law. Grace and mercy they did not know or see, even though they were faithful men. And as we will hear in a moment, the women that were with them, the equal to the apostles. And so they were students. They were learning about the faith. They didn't have the books that we have. They didn't have the wealth of leaders and teachers that we have. At our fingertips, we can find out anything as long as it's with a, from a trusted source that's the truth in whatever language we want to find it in. We have the blessing of that. And yet, and this is the question that I want every one of us when we walk away today from here to ask ourselves, are we students of the faith? Do we know our faith? Do we know even basic tenets or basic truths of our faith as Christians? Do we know the teachings of the church? How did these disciples become the ones who were apostles sent forth to fulfill what the Lord commanded them to do? Didn't suggest to them didn't give them an option. He commanded them to do. And yet, even with this command, we hear from the gospel, they dropped everything they were doing and they followed him. So the first step for them was being obedient. Now we know these men were not, in the case of education necessarily, learned. They were laborers, many of them. Some of them were in professions that were the most despised, hated professions. They were not even welcome, and it was even questioned that they were there with this band of disciples. Matthew, the tax collector. Before the story of Judas was known to us, he was an outsider, Judas was. But he was welcomed into the fold, to the followers of Christ. Peter was, I would say, at the very best, a skeptic. How many skeptics do we know or see or hear today around us? And yet, 
they were obedient to his call. He performed a miracle for them because if there was anything that was essential for them in their daily lives, it was to catch fish. And hopefully as fishermen, they knew what they were doing. Peter so much that he knew casting the net over the side in these shallow waters was not going to get the desired results. How often do we also fall into this very same skepticism in the church, in our families, in our businesses? We know that that may not be the way. We know that that may not achieve the desired results. And yet, as Peter was obedient, we are called to be obedient to him. You see, we are all called to be disciples. And ultimately, we are all called to be apostles, to, be, to send forth, to be sent forth. The Great Commission, as we've heard in Matthew, that the Lord gives to these 12, and by extension, all the way to today, to each and every one of us, who by virtue, by, by blessing and grace of our own baptism and chrismation, our own life in the church, are called to be obedient to Him, to follow Him, to know the faith, to teach the faith, and to bring the gospel to all nations to all ethnicities, to all nations, to all peoples. So we first must have an open heart, an obedient and humble heart, and follow Him. And then second, we must know our faith. We must be students always of our faith. Where should we first go to know and to learn about our faith and its Scripture? We should know our scripture. We should know the, and read and study and pray the Bible. I think we're sometimes intimidated by this. It takes too much time. I don't understand it. I don't like this translation or that translation. I don't have someone who helps me to understand. All these things our excuses. We must read our scripture. There are plenty of commentaries and instructive books about scripture. So we must know our faith. We must live our faith. Live it every day, every opportunity the new commandments, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your, all your soul, and all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. We have opportunities every minute, every second, every opportunity to live our faith. We must learn it, and then we must teach it. Because even though we may not see it here at Holy Trinity because of just looking around and knowing that 
our parish is, is growing, there's also many who do not come anymore for whatever reason it is. This is our responsibility. This is our obligation. This is our command. This is our calling to go out, to know the faith, to live the faith, to go out and teach the faith. And then all these reports that we hear constantly, it seems, will go away. They'll find something else to talk about. And the houses of worship will not be diminishing, but will be filled with disciples, with students, with men and women, old and young, who are called to live the faith, to teach the faith, to preach the faith of Christ crucified and resurrected for the salvation of all, filled with grace, filled with mercy, filled with love and compassion. This is how we and why we are called to be this way so that we can be lights shining in the darkness of this world. Amen.